Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're momming today about parental leave, taking time off to care for the babies, then trying to get back into the workforce, and then somehow do both as seamlessly as possible. The process begs some important questions. Do we as a country have the right policies in place to support our new moms and dads as they transition back to work? Is there a stigma still attached to men not only taking paternity leave, but also taking longer leaves? And what needs to be done to better support the American family? We're joined by Derek Rotundo, an employee at J.P. Morgan Chase in Ohio, who sued the bank when he was denied a 16-week parental leave request because he was not deemed the primary caregiver for his newborn. He won that case, which means $5 million is going to potentially thousands of dads at J.P. Morgan. Derek joins us now. Congratulations. Thank you. Good so morning. start from the beginning. Tell us your story. Um, well, initially, when my second son was due to be born, our policy said that you, within the, about 30 days from the due date in that window, um, that you contact our third-party vendor who manages any type of disability leave, any 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 leave that you might be taking. Um, so I did that. I called and requested primary caregiver status. They said that I wasn't eligible because um, mothers, biological mothers, are considered the primary caregiver presumptively. And that there were hoops to jump through in order for a male biological father to have access to primary caregiver leave. I contacted HR directly to see if I could clarify that because it didn't, you know, didn't sound right as it was explained. And they emailed me back and said, yes, that's what it is. That's the policy. Why exactly did you want the longer leave? After my first son was born, it's, I realized it came a lot easier than I thought it was going to. Um, you know, I think anyone that has kids, with your first kid, you never know what to expect. It's all new. Right. Everything's new. Um, and, you know, you don't know what, what it's going to be like, of course. And for me, it was just pretty seamless and pretty easy. Um, and yeah, for me, you know, I learned that infants aren't some mystical creature that, you know, only, only the mom can speak to and understand. And they don't break that easily. Either. They don't break, No. <laughs> So then, you know, you have two. Now it's like, okay, I can I can handle one, but how are we going to handle the second when both mom and dad work? Mm -hmm. And we had also had discussions um, every summer. Marley and I, my wife, will discuss if she's going to work that summer because um, she, since she's a teacher, she's usually off during the summer, and she has in the past. But uh, I'm not going to this summer. We're going on vacation that summer. Just she wasn't able to given the, the time frame, because when they said that, okay, well, it's going to be a two-week leave, um, that sort of you know, cut, it, it limited our, our option for that anyway. Were you nervous? Or uh, let's back up a little bit. At, at what point did, you know, the light bulb go off when you said, oh, this is lawsuit material? I, 
of course, just Googled it because it didn't sound right to me that just because of the way that the, the leave was titled, that it wasn't medical, it was bonding or caregiving leave, um, that the way it was described that gender could be something that determined who was allowed to take it, who wasn't. Um, I eventually contacted Cynthia Calvert with the Center for Work Law Life um, and kind of explained what the situation was. And then she introduced me to Galen, who, well, you know, now here we are. <laughs> what has been the reception among your coworkers, both male and female, to you suing your employer, wanting to take extra time off? And what has also been the reception among your wife and her friends? Overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Um, nothing, you know, I, I haven't had any real negative feedback from anyone, um, with the exception of occasionally someone who just didn't, not a friend or someone, mm-hmm. not someone close to it, um, where they don't understand the difference. That we get a lot of, wait, women need more time because they actually were pregnant, carried the, the baby, and it's like, yes, right, but the way that it's framed, it isn't medical. We're going to talk about that whole issue in just a second. But, you know, you work for a Wall Street firm. No one says to you, yo, bro, we don't need all that time. No one takes even the two weeks. They take like one week and then it's back to work. You didn't get any of that from any worker at J.P. Morgan? No. Our our office is um, you know, very small. Our, our team is very small. Like what I do, there's seven of us that do the East Coast and eight that do the West Coast. Um, and we're not all centrally located. So the people in my office that are on my team, you know, it's very – it's a very small group, like one, two, three, four, five, five of us. You eventually did get the 16 weeks. Yes, yes. J.P. Morgan was very uh, willing to work with us. Um, I'm grateful for that. After I came back after the two weeks, and I'm pretty sure we established it was that very first day, I think, um, you know, I came to the June office. June 30th, yeah. It was June 30th that they they sent a letter saying that you could take the primary caregiver relief. Okay. That's yeah. Galen Sherwin. She is the senior staff attorney at the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. Galen, thank you for joining us as well. I want to officially introduce you because we want to get your perspective on all of this as well. I mean, major changes are happening pretty fast in corporate America. But what is the law when it comes to taking time off to care for your kids? Thanks for having me. And like Derek said, you know, the law does certainly recognize that women bear children for the most part. And when they give birth, they need some time off to physically recover from childbirth. So um, the law allows companies to provide medical or disability leave to, to address that period of time. But when a company offers paid parental leave, which is for purposes of caregiving or bonding with a new baby, that type of leave has to be offered on an equal basis between male and female employees and can't be limited to just moms. So that's, you know, that's the basics. Unfortunately, I'll just back up and say that there is no federal requirement that any, that any company offer any paid parental leave. So should there be a federal requirement when we look at our standing in the world versus other countries who do have more protections for mothers and fathers? Mm-hmm. Do we need to change this at the federal level? Absolutely. We're the only industrialized country that does not have a requirement to have a paid parental leave period following the birth or or welcoming a new child into a family. And I think that our country is hungry for that. So everybody, moms and dads, would benefit from from that. And and that is why, for the most part, um, paid parental leave is out of reach for many, many people. I want to bring in Peter Romer Friedman. He's counsel at Oten and Golden in Washington, D.C., He represents Derek as well as many others. And Peter, your side of this, um, 
you've been handling um, and, and litigating gender discrimination and other workplace cases in the past. Have you seen a sea change or maybe a minor change uh, in the way corporate America is responding to the needs in, in the American home? Well, thanks for having uh, me and, and Galen and Derek. We really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I think just in the last three or four years, we've seen a sea change in corporate policies and um, and welcomeness to the idea of fathers uh, being uh, equal um, uh, players in the home and the workplace. Um, I represented Josh Levs, who was a CNN reporter, who took on Time Warner and CNN's policy that um, was similar in the sense that it, it provided additional leave for mothers over fathers. Um, and, uh, you know, Josh's case was the first case uh, where, um, you know, there was uh, major attention and, and a very big uh, settlement. Uh, and since then, we've seen a lot of employers step up to the plate and really, um, uh, really focus on uh, offering much better benefits to their employees, including uh, equal uh, benefits for women and men. Yeah, Galen, this all comes back to, in, in my opinion, just the, the changing American family. Mom works. Mom often makes more money than dad. Her, mm-hmm. You need her job to, for your family to run. Dad works as well. So if, if the woman is getting more leave or maybe having to shortchange the way she does her job when she does go back to work to take care of the home, how can women ever be equal in the workplace? That's exactly right. And, you know, I think that the problem arises when policies are implemented or written in a way that reserves parental leave for for women only. That has implications and, you know, really bad consequences for women's careers, for equality in the workplace more broadly, um, for from pay discrimination to promotion discrimination to, you know, really reinforcing the wage gap that still hovers at, you know, 80 cents to the dollar on average and is even worse for women of color. So, you know, it really has these far-ranging consequences when the presumption is that women will be taking this time or it's hard-baked into the policies that women will be taking this time separated from the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that is really true only of women, it's setting in stone these old stereotypes that really are not reflective of today's families. And that's why the ACLU's Women's Rights Project is representing a man and happy to do so. <laughs> exactly right. And, and Derek's case really is part of a long legacy of cases that go back to the founding of the Women's Rights Project by Ruth Bader Ginsburg before she was on the Supreme Court of representing men who wanted their roles as caregivers to be recognized. Um, and she recognized early on from that point, rightly, that unless and until men are able to take on a caregiving role in the home, women did not have a chance to achieve full equality at work. They would be held back by those same stereotypes. And, you know, Peter, all of this gets bigger when you start talking class action. So what is the status of Derek's case being approved as class action? Sure. So my background is in class action and civil rights work. And um, this is a great class action because everyone was subjected to the same basic policy that Derek is challenging. Um, so, you know, we saw this case as a great opportunity to challenge a policy uh, that affected thousands of people. In fact, tens of thousands of um, of working families at J.P. Morgan Chase will likely benefit from uh, the the revisions to the policy. So, you know, from from here going forward, um, we just filed the the case in court along with a settlement. The court will need to um, preliminarily approve the settlement and tell all the class members about uh, the settlement so that they can file claims 
um, if they want to receive uh, an equal share of the $5 million uh, that, that's going to be paid by J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, and a little bit later this year, once the court uh, uh, is able to uh, fully vet the settlement and determine that it's fair and reasonable, the court would grant final approval mm-hmm. and um, people would receive compensation. Uh, and also, J.P. Morgan Chase will then implement a range of the reforms that we've agreed to, including enhanced training um, uh, for their uh, HR and other staff who are going to implement this policy. It's really important when you settle a class action that's about a policy uh, that you're, you think is discriminatory or needs to be improved, that you work with the employer or the company to make sure that they put systems in place so that people can receive the benefits. And here, you know, it's so important because they're going to maintain this, this primary caregiver distinction. And in light of that, it's so important to make sure that um, the message is conveyed clearly from the top down that this leave is for men and women and that the company wants everyone to use it. And we believe that Chase is committed to that. So we look forward to working with them. We'll receive data about how it's being used. And I think for the first time with a big company, legal advocates will you know, work together to make sure that this policy is as open and equal as Chase and we want it to be. So Let me read a response from, from J.P. Morgan Chase on this issue. It is, quote, we are pleased to have reached an agreement in this matter and look forward to more effectively communicating the policy so that all men and women employees are aware of their benefits. Derek, when you go into the office, are you, you know, are you the hero or do people kind of say, "Ooh, what's going on right now? Things are changing too fast for me. No, no, not at all. Um, when I first came back from leave you know, two years ago, um, there was kind of that just awkward day or so where pretty much just like you'd expect. It wasn't anything negative. You know, I'd call my manager on the phone and she's like, hey, how, you know, how's it going? And I didn't quite know, you know, how to respond. But you know, within one work day, once my systems were back up in order, it's okay, get back to work, go investigate. How, what was it like to be on paternity leave for 16 weeks? A lot of men don't know what that's like. I thought it was great. I got to, because we, we have a four-year-old as well. Um, so I got to spend a lot of time with him. And the first few weeks and months with a newborn are so important because, you know, that's the, you know, the formative stage um, for a lot of it, just so they can be familiar with, with both parents and if one's never around. Um, it was great. I, I, I got a little too much daytime TV toward the end playing, on, <laughs> uh, playing in the background, but, uh, but other than that, it was great. A lot of people, particularly those without children, seem to think that when parents take their parental leave, they're on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, you're right. No. Definitely not. They don't understand why you need to take four months, in some cases, six months. Um, and maybe they, they judge or they're a little resentful of the fact that, well, we've never taken these, these leaves. We're loyal to this company. Uh, what, what do you guys say to that? Well, I mean, a newborn, depending on, you know, each individual child is different. But, I mean, they need to eat every two hours, which means you're not sleeping. <laughs> I think I had forgot one thing that I had definitely forgotten from kid number one to kid number two is how many diapers you go through <laughs> when they're that little. Um, you know, I, I remember that it was more, but I think when we brought Lincoln home that first evening with, you know, within four or five hours, we're on the eighth diaper. Oh, wow. So 
It's amazing how much you forget. Yes. Well, the first one, it's all so new, mm-hmm. right? So you, you don't you don't know anything. So you need the time off because literally, you know, your world was just turned upside down. And then the second one, and I only know two. Galen, how many children do you have? I have two as okay, well. Okay, so yeah. I don't know if we can talk to what it's like with three yet. But, you know, the second <laughs> one comes along, and now you have to make sure the first one is okay with the second one. But it's also incredibly easy in the sense that you know what to do. So my daughter... Um, had the full-on flu when I delivered my son. So I didn't see her for like a week. She was quarantined at my mother's house. Mm-hmm. So when we had, when we, you know, we came home from the hospital with just my son and we we had been, we were experienced and it was just him. We're like, this is easy. He's, I mean, I'm feeding every two hours, but he's napping. And then we got our daughter a week later and while we missed her, we were like, whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we both need our full parental leaves to take care of this. Yeah, the rubber's meeting the road. Thank you. Yes. So it, it gets kind of crazy, and I think people don't realize that. And now dad's helping mom at home. And then both parents have to usually go back to work, and um, then you got to figure it out, right? Right. What's it like with both of you working now? You know, kind of speak to that point. I think, um, you know, five, ten years ago, I was hearing, you know, from colleagues and clients that they'd get a lot of comments of, you know, senior male supervisors who would who would brag or or kind of talk, you know, um, very uh, longingly about how they, you know, got home and two days later after their kid was born were back at work or on trial, and you know I think the norms have started to change where those kinds of stories are not so welcome anymore, and people know that you know once the policies are being equalized, that their language and articulating you know what people are going to do or why they should take the leave, you know, have to shift as well. So, you know, we're starting to see fewer supervisors saying, you know, what are you going to do on those 8 or 12 or 16 weeks of leave? Um, I mean, obviously, you're going to take care of your kid and take care of your family. Um, You know, at the same time, we still hear a lot of stories of people who are shamed, who are screamed at, who are told, you know, yeah, technically it's, it's for men and women, but, you know, we need you or this isn't the right time. And, you know, so that's why the work of the ACLU Women's Rights Project is so important over decades to, to represent people, whether they're individuals or class actions. Um, you know, we feel really privileged to work with Derek and, and Galen uh, and the ACLU team because um, thousands of workplaces out there have unequal policies, and these norms are changing, uh, but really not fast enough. I'm so glad you said that, Peter, because you're an attorney. This is the law industry. A lot of you, there's those bragging rights and that expectation that if you're good at your job, if you're serious as a partner or whatever, that you're you're not taking the leaves. So it's slowly changing, I, I, I guess. I yeah, mean, I mean, I think there are still very strong cultural pressures, and it is sort of a rare person like Derek who's willing to step forward and and kind of buck those pressures. So, and I think you know we can all look now and say thanks to him and Marley. You know, there's this huge change that's happening, not only for dads, thousands of dads at Chase who are going to benefit from the revisions, the policy and the training and now the compensation that they're eligible to come forward and receive, but also in the financial services and banking industries and beyond. I think that, you know, Chase is an industry leader. And other companies are going to be taking note and, and would do well to look at their own policies and closely to make sure that they are fair and that they are equal, not only in how they're written, you know, but also in how they're implemented on a day-to-day basis and how the culture of the company really comes into play when men 
come forward to try and seek that leave. And that's what that's what is shifting more slowly and is is going to have to catch up because today's families really want the freedom to be able to figure that out amongst themselves. What's right for our family? What's what's the right arrangement for for caregiving in our home? And that should be dictated by the families and not by the companies. And part of that is also, you know, you can make the argument that women in the more traditional role might say, you know what, so-and-so is sick, let me call out of work today. My husband can go in because they might feel it's their job to take care of their sick child. But in the individual case of each family, maybe dad's going to start doing that now, and that Mm -hmm. would be okay. Right. When we look at these changing gender roles on a nine-inning baseball game, what, what inning are we in right now? Uh, that, that's probably a better question for Peter. He's yeah. the, the baseball, <laughs> He's former the baseball, baseball player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think we're really uh, in the fourth or fifth inning Ooh. here, right? I think. Well, there's a long way to go. I mean, I think. Look, there. I, I think there are three iterations of policies, and and the norms, of course, have a long way to go too, um, because there are decades of discrimination and sexist attitudes baked into what's what's happening today, right? So the first generation of policies, where they where they did give paid leave for family or medical leave, you saw explicit differences, you know, men get X, women get Y, right? And then a lot of companies have moved to these um, primary caregiver policies, which we think, you know, aren't, aren't the best in terms of um, breaking down those stereotypes, because if you have to choose who's the primary caregiver, a lot of men are going to assume that's just not them. It's not, or they'll be told by their, you know, their managers, not for them. And so, Companies adopted these per, these primary caregiver policies to avoid these explicit gendered uh, policies. But I think we all know we can do better than that. And at the end of the day, I think where we're headed and where we're going to, you know, see the closers come in and resolve these issues once and for all are, you know, headed towards the four or five, six month uh, paid leave for all workers, for, you know, at all levels, regardless of their gender. No primary caregiver distinctions. I think when we get to there. You know, and the norms have changed because we'll have a couple decades of, of people and, and leaders um, at organizations promoting gender equality and leave. I think that's when we'll get there. I, mean, I can just say I've seen this firsthand. My, my, my law firm, Outen and Golden, uh, we have 75 lawyers and a ton of associates who are of you know, childbearing eight, you know, years. We give 20 weeks of paid leave to men and women, parents who adopt, parents who, um, uh, who have biological children. It really works. Men are taking the leave. Women are taking the leave. Our managing partner came out and said, we've expanded this leave to 20 weeks. We want everyone to take it. It's really important that men take it as well as women, and it's working. And the norms have, have really, um, I think, been solidified in terms of making sure that women feel like they can take it and they won't, they won't be penalized because of being a woman, and men won't either. So yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the, the other thing. Even with just traditional maternity leave, some women feel, oh, I can't take the full thing. They'll consider me lazy. I'm just going to take a part of whatever I'm allotted. It's just this is, I guess, just starting to change slowly but changing for the better. I'm curious. Maybe you've noticed this, Peter, or, or you've noticed this, Galen, um, where there more people are applying for jobs at companies that offer these benefits. Have we seen that yet in terms of being a, a perk? Uh, yeah, I can speak to that. Uh, you know, Josh Levs um, from CNN, my, my client from the Time Warner CNN case, he's written a book and done tons of interviews with fathers uh, and research on this. And what his research and, and others' research shows is 
dads really want this benefit as well as moms. And when they're looking at companies, they are comparing their parental leave policies. Um, the, 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 the legal blog above the law has done a matrix for a long time about the different uh, policies for parental leave at law firms. And there are, uh, you know, people, uh, lots of law students at great law schools all over the country who are looking at these law firms and saying, you know, how will they balance work family for men and women? How will, you know, what are their policies? And that's really good competition, right? When, when workers are demanding or, you know, are asking for certain benefits and companies are responding by competing with each other, it really, um, you know, it, it lifts all boats. And, and it's a great thing to see. Because, you know, unfortunately in America, even with a very tight labor market, we're not seeing wages rise very much. But we are seeing this really valuable benefit increase, and it's a benefit that affects so many people, right? Even, even the women and men who are not taking leave, uh, it affects them because it promotes gender equality in the workplace, and women aren't seen as a liability who are just going to go on leave and, you know, and, and quit their jobs. Uh, that kind of attitude is, is erasing, we hope, in the workplace. And it's a result of, you know, workers demanding and, and expecting that these policies are going to be improved, you know, to meet the modern, uh, the modern family. As Derek has said, if you want the leave or you don't, at least you should have the right to choose it. And with that, I want to thank all of you so much for joining us today. Peter Romer Friedman, Galen Sherwin, and Derek Rotundo. Thank you. Thanks so thank much. You. Thank you. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.